Yo, what's going on ATL gang? Hope y'all having a great weekend. With the regular season coming to an end today, Nav and I got together this morning to give out our regular season awards and gave out our picks for the All-NBA 1st, 2nd, and 3rd team. We also briefly discussed the Basketball Africa League that debuted this weekend and the Hall of Fame ceremony that saw the great Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Kobe Bryant get inducted into Springfield, Massachusetts. So, hope you guys enjoy and continue to stay safe. Peace. Welcome to episode 34 of the ATL podcast. Um, good morning and happy Sunday to, to everyone listening. Today is the final day of the regular season, so we thought it'd be a good time to reflect um, back on the most unusual and bizarre season that we've had in recent memory. And no better way to do that than kind of giving out our NBA regular season awards and all NBA team uh, right before the start of the play-in tournament. So before we get there, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, let's catch up with our boy, Nav. What's poppin', baby? What's going on, man? It's been a while since we, since we last connected. How are yeah, you doing, I think, man? I think, it's been two, I think it's been two, three weeks or so. Um, I've been doing all right. Like I was t- telling you yesterday and... Um, earlier today, I just haven't been feeling too well, had a bit of an ear infection the last few days. So just been staying in, haven't been doing too, too much. Um, what's going on with you, man? How's, how's that, it been going? That J Cole album got you an ear infection, <laughs> <laughs> man. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, this guy's been in the news recently with like his, uh, like the Africa league. And then he drops this, this album right as the NBA off season's going on. Uh, I know you're super hyped about this this album. How, what, what are your thoughts on on the offseason and uh, the the album so far? Well, I actually just got a TSN notification on my phone saying that he's tipping off today with the Rwanda River uh, River Hoopers, I think the name is. So that Africa League's actually starting today. Oh, it's starting today. Um, yeah, man, it's starting today, and he's I guess he's playing. So I don't know how you can tune in. Maybe it's on TSN if they had that notification, but definitely something I'm going to check out after this podcast. Um, album's good. That that first that first song, the intro, really got me fired up. Oh, I, thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be sort of that vibe throughout the entire album. I still thought it was a very good album. The one thing, J. Cole to me is kind of like the Damian Lillard of the rap game. They're sort of just like, they're very stuck in their ways to their detriment. You know, like Dame Lillard's so loyal to Portland. I feel like with J. Cole, his issue with me is like, I feel like he could you know, have such a better production if you just hopped on different uh, beats from other producers or got more features on his songs. Um, but, you know, he does everything himself. I mean, I yeah. love the album. I love J. Cole. But, you know, I think that uh, I would love to just hear an album from him where he sort of just like, you know, gives other producers a chance, gets more features. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a good album. Yeah, that, that, that first song, 95 South, was a banger. With Killer Cam, that's that, that got me really, really hyped up, and the rest wasn't as good. But um, I think I just got to give it a few more listen throughs uh, and give it that. That's when I will be able to give it a, a real score there. But um, yeah, a great, great, great album to kind of start the the off season for many teams. Um, yeah, you know it's crazy. Like I was just thinking about it. By now, we would sort of be into the maybe second round of the playoffs, maybe just beginning the third. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy that we're in this situation where the season is just starting to wrap up. But I mean, there's so much going on right now. Like, I, I don't think I've 
been as excited for basketball, you know, outside of the Raptors uh, more than I am right now. Like, you know, if you think about it, when was the last time we were talking about, you know, the end of the season, like we were, there was suspense towards the end of the season. Um, usually by now, like you have your playoff seedings, you know, you know, who the best teams are. Um, and, you know, teams are usually just sort of mailing it in, getting their rest. But, you know, tonight, tonight's going to be huge for standings and the play-in tournament. And uh, there's just so much, there's so much to look forward to right now. Yeah, the play, the play-in tournament, I, like I re- initially thought, it was kind of a shitty idea and kind of just hearing from the players themselves and even like the owners and some of the coaches uh, weren't a fan of it. But when you really think of it and just kind of this is like the first full year of having this this type of seating and this type of play in tournament. I know we had um, a, a s- sample of what last year, uh, but this year it's definitely, um, yeah, the last game of the season. It's still determining the seedings. Big implications today with the Lakers, with Portland, with Dallas, even with the Warriors and Grizzlies, who's going to be getting that ninth seed. So um, I like this. I, I hope they do this uh, for, yeah, for for the upcoming seasons because it gives even the teams that, you know, maybe um, having injuries throughout the season, get, get a chance to get into the playoffs, um, kind of like the Lakers, kind of like um, – some of the other teams and well, take a look uh, at the wizards, like case in point, you know, the wizards were ransacked by COVID and, you know, just, they didn't have any chemistry for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the playing tournament, you know, we're witnessing it now. Like it gives a lifeline to teams that are sort of getting momentum towards the second half of the season. Right. So this is a huge opportunity and a lifeline for the wizards, the way that they're playing. Like, could you imagine, you know, if Brooklyn, has to play the Wizards in the first round of the playoffs. Like, yeah, sure, you know, they're probably going to kick their ass, but, you know, Bradley Beal and Westbrook are not going to bow down to KD, Harden, and Kyrie. You know, that's yeah. going to be a star-studded first round. It's going to get – I think it's going to help the NBA with their ratings. Yes, I, sure. I think this is a huge success. Like, I think I, we were texting yesterday, and, you know, you're going to have Steph Curry, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, John Morant, um, Bradley Beal, West, Russell Westbrook in a play-in tournament. Like when has the end of the season mattered this much? For sure, for sure. And, you know, in, in the past seasons, a first or second seeded team would get like Orlando or the Pistons, and that's an easy four game But with, with, with this format, again, no one wants to really see Bradley Beal and Westbrook are going to give it 100% every game for at least four games. You know, the, they could probably win one game each. You know, if Westbrook goes off for a huge triple-double, Bradley Beal goes for 50 um that's just supporting class isn't great but yeah it's just that type of team that's a ted seed that can sneak into the eighth at the play play tournament and then yeah see you know depending on how brooklyn is going to be able to feel the team again they've been um injured they haven't had their full roster those three guys haven't played together much so there's going to be some uh chemistry issues if um, you know, if they can't get on the same page defensively and offensively. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. And I really like, I really like the addition of the, the plan tournament. I hope it stays uh, yeah, as a thing for the next few seasons. And, you know, the, the one thing, you know, uh, the Lakers are technically um, on the cusp, you know, they might not actually be in the playing tournaments. I really hope that Jokic doesn't play tonight versus the Blazers, because I would love to, you know, I would love to see the Lakers in this situation only because, you know, I, 
I give credit to LeBron. I give credit to LeBron for the lack of parity that's been in the NBA for the last decade. You know, there's, there's, it's been a very predictable league. And I think a lot of that is due to the decision and the way that the dominoes fell after the decision and the way that the format of the NBA just looked. And, you know, if, if LeBron, if LeBron is in the playing tournament, I just think that's a very full circle moment. Uh, (laughs) He's for the first time, he's a part of the unpredictability yeah, that, that the NBA has to offer. He's always been on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why, you know, that's why he voiced his opinion on it. Yeah, well, he he was so supportive of it last year. Now, now that he's he's in that situation and he's, his team is hovering in the seventh, eighth seed, um, then now he's he's the one who's saying, you know, fire the person with the, with the idea. So it's definitely funny to see his, um, the flip side of things there. But, um, you know, enough about LeBron. You know, we talk about him way too much. Let's get into the the NBA awards. Again, today's the final day of the regular season. It's been a tumultuous season for many teams. It's been a weird kind of just, you know, very bizarre way to to go about a regular season. Uh, But again, no better way to kind of reflect back on it than just kind of highlighting some of the, you know, coaches, players, teams that have been able to kind of um, just, yeah, make their way um, through, through the season, kind of come out on top. So NBA awards, you know, we got a few awards to give out here. Um, Coaches of the year, sorry, coach of the year, six man of the year, uh, most improved rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP. And then we go into the all NBA uh, first, second and third team. Okay. So how would I give it to you first? Um, And we'll start off with coach of the year. You give me your runner up and your winner of that award and just kind of give me you know your uh your thoughts on why you have that um second runner or the first runner up and then the coach of the year yeah i think um you know this is going to be to no surprise but both of my coaches are in are from the western conference um my runner up was quinn schneider um utah sort of held it down for the entire season in that number one spot in the West. Um, I think so much of their success, again, I've said this a few times now on this podcast is just the continuity that they've had over the years. Mike Connolly sort of figuring it, figuring out his role on Utah after being in Memphis for so long. Um, he's sort of spearheading that offense, but you know, their success starts with Quinn Schneider. He's a motivator. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a very good coach. Uh, so he's my runner up. My first one, my first or my award would go to um, Monty Williams. And the reason it's going to Monty Williams is um, could have went to Quinn Schneider, but I think that, you know, Monty had more work cut out for him. Um, It's not easy to play or coach Chris Paul. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of coaches have a hard time coaching him, including Doc Rivers. A lot of coaches have had a hard time getting over that hump with him, but uh, to finish to finish first in the West, the West is a crazy conference this year. Um, you know, I think it took a lot of, it took a lot out of Monty Williams. And uh, that's why I think the award should go to him. Cool. Okay. So my runner up is a little different. So my runner up is um, coming from the East. Um, it's going to Tom Thibodeau. Um, I had Quinn Snyder in there as well as uh, honorable mention, but you know, Quinn Snyder again has that continuity, has that team that you know has 
been playing with him for the last few years, plus Mike Conley, whereas now you have Tom Thibodeau, who um, last year the Knicks were 21 and 45, and this year they're 40 and 31, uh, fourth in the East, and they have the third best defensive rating um, throughout the NBA, which is huge for that type of team, a young team led by R.J. Barrett, led by Julius Randle, and I think Tibbs has done such a, an awesome job with that turnaround uh, for this season. So uh, I'm giving him the runner-up. And same with you. I'm echoing the same thing here. Monty Williams definitely deserves um, the coach of the year this year. Um, so the Suns, uh, even though they won eight in a row last year to, to end off the season, they still didn't make um, the play-in tournament. And this year, they're second in the West, uh, 50 and 21 and I know you like if honestly, if you could give this like as a award to a player too, you could give this to like Chris Paul. He's basically the coach on the floor. He, he's that floor general that has just taken over that team, taken over that culture. And, you know, props to props to him for having such a great year. And Monty Williams just kind of uh, navigating and directing this team into to a winning franchise after, you know, many years of being right in the middle that that type of team that, you know, got like a, the 10th pick every year and never was able to make the playoffs. So it's nice to see that team um, have some success with, with a young player like Devin Booker and some of the younger players like Ain and um, Mikel Bridges. So um, award goes to Monty Williams here. Yeah. I'm jealous of that Tom Thibodeau runner up. I, w- I would have definitely done the same. Uh, there's some, there's certain teams where, you know, the coach has to work their ass off. I think Philly or sorry, I think Phoenix and New York are two of those teams where, you know, the success um, can only be accomplished is if their coach is you know, working just as hard as the players. I think you see it when you, when you watch Tibbs coach, the guy is constantly yelling, constantly screaming. And uh, the fact that he's got the group of players that he does in their fourth in the East is it's remarkable, man. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And yeah, good for the Knicks. I hope they can make some noise um, in the playoffs. All right, so let's move on to the next one. The sixth man of the year, usually called the Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford Award. Um, you know, most, most, you know, like most seasons is given to the guy that probably averages the most points off the bench, regardless of efficiency, of efficiency or team like ranking or seating. Uh, but this year, I don't think there is much of a question on who deserves this um, award. Uh, but before I get into the winner, uh, my runner-up is another New York Nick. Uh, and he's a player that, you know, has won the MVP award. He's kind of taken a new role uh, on a team that, you know, he's, that he's, you know, familiar with because he's playing under Tibbs this year, was traded halfway through the season to the Knicks from Detroit. And that's Derek Rose. This is kind of like his second stage of his career. Um, you know, a guy that, again, he's going to give you 20 points on, on, on any night, on any given night. And he's definitely been such a strong, impactful bench player for, for the Knicks, kind of being, again, that second voice for Thibodeau um, on the floor once he, once he gets on the court there. So my runner-up is Derek Rose. And then um, the, you know, I, I don't think there's any argument here. Uh, Jordan Clarkson as the the winner of this award for this year um you know he's the sixth man for the best team in the nba uh the utah jazz um you know scoring a little under 20 points a game still getting four rebounds three assists 
and he's played, you know, majority of the season. So his shooting numbers aren't great. That's the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll you know, say here. He's shooting 42% uh, from the field. So he's definitely getting a lot of volume um, just coming off the bench um, when, you know, Donovan Mitchell or um, Joel Ingles isn't, uh, you know, taking a lot of the offensive load. He's definitely taking a lot of those shots. So he is my six-man winner of the year. Yeah, I mean, I have the exact same runner-up. I have the exact same runner-up and the exact same award winner as you. Um, With Derrick Rose, I think it's pretty cool. There's like a, what's the word? Like synchronicity, right? Like you see that synchronicity between him and Tom Thibodeau. And what I find very interesting with Derrick Rose is, you know, he started his career with Tom, you know, and then there's there's a gap of everything in between. And he played for all these different coaches, all these different teams. And, you know, now he's at the end of his career. He's playing with Tom Thibodeau again. And to see Mm -hmm. that there actually is a difference in play every time he gets to play with Tom Thibodeau, that says a lot, that says a lot about a coaching, coach and player relationship, right? Um, I think you see the same thing in Golden State with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Steve Kerr, Um, just guys that have played for, with, for a coach for a very long period of time. Um, there's a difference there, you know, used to see it with the Spurs used to see it with Greg Popovich, Manny Ginobili, Tim Duncan, Mm. and Tony Parker. There, there's a certain connection that players can have with the coach. And the longer they play with each other, the more that marinates. And it's, um, it's a rare sighting these days in the NBA with the amount of player movement there is. Right. Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, like you, you can tell that Derek Rose is just, he's only adding value to that New York Knicks team. Um, he was my runner up, uh, and Clarkson. Yeah. You know, he's been doing it all year. Utah's shooting like a shit ton of threes every mm-hmm. night. I yeah. think that they're leading the league in three points attempted. And it, I think it's by a landslide. So like the volume doesn't surprise me because I think what Quinn Schneider is doing now is just, you know, he, he's just saying, let it fly. Um, my honorable mention was actually Joe Ingles. I think that <laughs> Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, you could actually uh, make a case for either of them. And it's funny that they both play for Utah, but yeah, that's, that's six man for me. Yeah. They have, they have a unique situation, kind of like the Clippers of, of last year where they had Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell being, you know, the top two six man of the year candidates. So um, Utah kind of having that same thing. It's going to be interesting to see if they both can make a contribution um, in the playoffs. Usually the sixth man of the year, they, you know, they do really well in the regular season when they're playing against, you know, the ninth, 10th man off the bench. But when the uh, lineups and the rotations kind of uh, tighten up and you're playing, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth man off the bench, um, it's going to be, you know, funny to see because Lou Williams, again, another guy that we've mentioned in the pod before who has, great offensive um, abilities in the regular season, but kind of struggles in the playoffs. So we'll see if Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles can uh, match their intensity throughout the regular season as they enter the, uh, the playoffs. All right. So most improved. All right. So I'll give it to you. Um, give me your uh, runner up and winner here. Yeah. My runner up is Michael Porter jr. I was hesitant to, uh, to make him a runner up only because the game's played um, Denver. There's a, you know, when he's the second option, it's, it's clear that whoever gets to be the second option beside Jokic is going to flourish, whether mm. it's Jamal Murray, whether it's Michael Porter jr. Um, and yeah, like Michael Porter jr. Is, 
you know, if you if you were watching him for the first time and yet you knew nothing about his history, you would look at him and say, that looks like one of the top 20 players in the NBA right now, the way mm-hmm. he's playing. Um, he looks like a stud, but I just think that, you know, he was he missed a few games. Um, so I, I didn't make him my award winner. I think I think the the award winner goes to Julius Randle. He could be he's the he's the most improved player for me. He's also like if I were to name my top five MVP candidates, I think he'd be in the top five for me. It's I think that's the first time that I can remember where someone that was an MVP candidate was also a most improved player candidate. Um, Julius Randle's been doing it since the season started, and I think when we did this towards the half the halfway mark of the season where we're given our awards, his stats were sort of hovering around um, career averages, but I think that he's actually turned it up a notch in the second half of the season. And I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you know, I feel like he's racking up a lot more triple doubles and New York is willing their way through a lot of these tough games and getting wins. So um, Julius Randall's like, a, he's actually a superstar now, in my opinion. And I don't see this changing. Like, I don't see this just being a fluke season because, um, you know, if you've been playing this consistently all year, you're probably just, this is probably just who you are. Um, So I got to tip my hat off to him. Yeah. So his stats are 24, 10 and six. Right. And at the halfway mark, it was like 18, nine and something. Yeah. He, the, the, the Knicks put on a massive run after the the Ulster break in. Yeah, so much so, so deserving of the award. So my runner-up was a little different. Mine, and again, I had MP, uh, Michael Porter Jr. as a candidate there, but Jeremy Grant, who was probably the front runner for this award early on in the season, um, the the Pistons definitely flamed out uh, towards uh, towards the end there. But this guy had a ten point jump uh, from uh, his season with Denver last year compared to this season. Uh, my only thing was he only played 54 games. He got hurt uh, late in the uh, late in the season, so they, he was resting up quite a bit there. But he had such a strong start to the year. Uh, definitely, kind of came back to earth a little bit uh, during the just right before the All Star break, and then kind of after the All Star break too. But I think he had a great just first year with uh, with the Pistons. If they're able to find, you know, they have the second worst record. They're gonna get a really good pick this year. If they could like lock out and get Kate Cunningham or one of the other elite score um, coming from the draft, uh, it'd be great for him because he doesn't have to do all those things. He's not really a guy that you want to be scoring 22 points a game. He's uh, he's definitely a guy that can probably be the third best option on your team if you want to be a like consistent winning team. So we'll, we'll see what you know the Pistons do. I know they just extended um, Dwayne Casey. For a few more years, um, you know, he's more of a development coach. He's, he's done that with Toronto, with DeMar, with Lowry. Uh, so they're looking him looking for him to do that with with Grant and some of the young guys. So yeah, I mean, he, I sorry to cut you off. Yeah, like I, I question the competency in, in the Detroit front office, to be honest, because the way they paid him, you know, I, I know exactly what you mean in that third option, that third option piece that you mentioned. But that's why he left Denver. You know, he was the third option. And, you know, could you imagine Jeremy Grant was playing for the Denver Nuggets right now? Like, it'd be no questions asked who would be the, um, you know, contending for a title. But he went to Detroit because he wanted to be the first option. They paid him like he's going to be the first option. Um, Anytime they're drafting anyone, I'm always concerned. So (laughs) I I really I'm really interested in seeing what they do. 
You know, I was actually yeah. really surprised that they extended Dwayne Casey. They didn't have to do that. I think he had another year in his contract. Yeah, he did. So, like, I, I, these I, bold moves that, you know, quite, quite honestly, they don't make too much sense with me. And uh, I'm really interested to see how uh, the cards lay for Denver. Yeah, no, I was surprised about that extension too. But I, I think they just want, you know, some kind of structure and confidence. Structure. I don't coach. think they know what they want. I think they lost structure. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how they do. You know, they'll get a good pick this year and we'll see if they, if they can make an improvement for next year. Nothing um, they do makes sense. No, it, it doesn't. Especially starting with the, the offseason that they, they got had rid last of Christian year. Christian Wood. Yeah. And then they picked up Plumley and they picked up <laughs> Grant. And yeah, I don't know. They, they, they're, they're, they're working from last year. I forget. Uh, Killian Hayes. Got hurt, so that that sucked for him. And they got a good young player in Sadiq Bay, so uh, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. All right, um, all right. Rookie of the year. So this one, this one was tough for me to pick. Honestly, um, obviously, it comes down to Anthony Edwards and Lamella Ball. Lamella Ball was the front runner, and you know the by far the favorite, probably halfway through the season, but he got hurt with that that wrist injury, and Anthony Edwards. Definitely has playing a, been playing a lot better. You know, he's um, one of the he's the first, I believe, the first player outside of LeBron uh, to be a teenager to score. You know, multiple forty plus forty points per games, and he's played seventy one games. Lamelo's played fifty, and it was close. But I had I gave it to Anthony Edwards. Um, I think just the best ability is availability and i think you know playing 21 more games than the next closest guy uh, i just got to give it to him and it's not like he had you know crap stats he, he was averaging 19 5 and 3 uh again not on great efficiency but he's playing for the timberwolves you know the uh second worst team in the league i think uh, after okc or after houston sorry uh and then lamello had probably the best overall season for a rookie but he just missed too many games so this guy averaged 16 6 and 6 uh he shot the three probably a lot better than anyone could have anticipated and he's just a super exciting young promising point guard and he's definitely the face of the hornets and he has a great supporting cast out there with gordon hayward uh with terry rogier uh, you know bridges um so they got a good you know exciting team uh, and we'll see where Brago can can take that team, but um, I'm giving this award to Anthony Edwards. Yeah, you know if if Lamelo if Lamelo um, missed the the entire rest of the season, uh, then I think that you would have had to have given it to Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards was my runner up, um, not for any reason in particular, other than he's the only decent playing rookie I could think of that was a yeah. Lamelo ball. Um, it's unfortunate that James Wiseman had the season that he had. I think that if he went to any other team, you know, he would have had way more of a leash, but you know, it's hard to play in golden state when, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to make the playoffs. They are trying to squeeze as much as their team out of their team as they possibly can. And unfortunately they had to go towards a small ball lineup. Um, I think Kerr is like not your average uh, not the best coach you want to play for when you're a rookie and yeah. you have championship aspirations. Right. So I, I, I had really high hopes for James Wiseman. It's too bad that that one didn't work out, but I think that he still has a bright future. Um, 
the reason why I gave the award to LaMelo Ball was actually because he came back. And I think that added to his narrative. Um, mm-hmm. True. I'm actually surprised when you, when you're watching Charlotte Hornets game, like you can see the respect and admiration that teammates have for LaMelo Ball when he plays. And um, they were 23 and 27 with him, uh, 10 and 11 without him. So, you know, I, I feel like his impact on that floor is evident. He's, he's the uh, engine for that offense. And he's sort of, the fact that he's playing so uh, cohesively with guys like Terry Rozier and Aaron Gordon or um, Eric Gordon, or what's, what's his name? <laughs> Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Uh, the fact that he's able to just like mesh with these, you know, these veterans just so quickly, um, I think says a lot about his game. Um, stats wise, I mean, he can fill up a stat sheet. I have him right here in front of me. What's he averaging like? Uh, he's averaging 16, six and six. I just rounded yeah. it up around. He's averaging so. 16 points, six assists, six rebounds. And he's got a PER of uh, 17.7. So, you know, he's like 60th in the NBA. Not bad for a rookie. I mm-hmm. think that, um, yeah. yeah. So the fact that he came back to me, like just says it all. The fact that he was able to come back and sort of just hit the ground running is why, you know, usually you wouldn't give it to a player that missed so many games, but he's back They're They're clicking at a really good time right now towards the end of the season. And uh, yeah, had to give it to LaMelo ball. Yeah, no, that, that, that's totally fair. Um, it's, it's, it's been a weird season. So many of these awards, even the all NBA um, awards is go- are going to be much different than you would have seen in past seasons. Um, and yeah, LaMelo ball has definitely been the most impactful rookie. Um, it's, it's, pretty impressive to see what he's been able to do and he's he's brought life to that franchise after so many years of you know being again a treadmill team kind of the the no man's land for for many um you know teams that are in despair so exciting a future for for him and um yeah we'll we'll see how that team does um next season and we'll we'll see how they do in the play playing tournament and um if they make it into the into the playoffs Michael right, Jordan, so, Michael Jordan uh, dodged a bullet there. You know, he, I feel like he got lucky. Like there is in the off season, we were like WTF. What did this guy do? Like they signed Gordon Hayward to this ridiculous contract. Everything just looked so frightening for that franchise. And uh, to see them clicking, like they're probably one of the most fun teams to watch. They got that announcer right now. That's losing his yeah. mind. every time something yeah. happens. Like, Things are looking good in Charlotte. Hey man, so uh, my little brother Jackie is a huge like Lamelo fan. So, um, like you know, I'll, I'll come downstairs, I'll hang out, and he'll have like the Hornets broadcast. I'm like, what the? Why the hell are we watching the Hornets? But he just loves watching Lamelo ball. And anytime I get to watch their games, the, the, their announcer is just going crazy over over anything, over like a pass, you know, over a layup, and especially over dunk. You know, he's he's been um, going viral with with all of, like the the, the bridges dunks, you know, the um, Lamelo underhand passes. So they're exciting. They're exciting team. So we'll, we'll see how they do um, in, in the next week or so. All right. So moving on to defensive player of the year. Um, this one again was pretty close for me, uh, but I, you know, I'm I'll, not really, there's no voter fatigue for me, but just seeing, you know, Rudy Gobert win it, you know, two last three years um, and, you know, his team being fourth on defense. Um, I did give it to someone else, uh, and that person is just just a more um, how I'd say it, just a more like a f- flexible, more agile, just say just a better defender on the perimeter and in the post. 
Um, and that's Ben Simmons. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers have the second best uh, defensive rating uh, in the NBA. Um, you know, that's huge part to not only Ben Simmons, but also Joel Embiid. Uh, but I think just, you know, Simmons being able to guard the perimeter, um, being able to hold his own in the post. Uh, you know, he's taken a, definitely a dip offensively, but I think he's taken a step up uh, defensively. So he's definitely one of the guys that are going to be someone to watch in the playoffs. You know, teams are going to um, let him shoot. Um, they're going to, you know, try to run the offense through him and get the ball out of Embiid's hand. So we'll see how he's able to play make, but uh, for sure he's going to be uh, guarding, be guarding the best perimeter player on the, on any team that they play in the playoffs. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him. I know Gobert's had a great season, obviously the Utah jazz again, first, first in the West, first in the, in the entire league. And um, you know, he's played a few more games than Simmons, but uh, I'm just going to give it to Simmons for, for this season. Yeah, I'm with you. Totally. I, I have the same runner up and the same award winner. Um, you know, you get Gobert's like the, um, He's like the LeBron of the MVP, except with with uh, with defensive player of the year. You could essentially give it to them every year. Yeah. You know, um, if you really wanted to. But I think, like you said, Simmons is someone you're going to really want to watch in the playoffs, especially if they make it to the West. Sorry, if they make it to the finals, um, you know, if they end up playing like the Clippers or the Lakers, you know, he's probably one of the only guys in the NBA that can guard LeBron properly. Yep, and I think yep. that that's something that Philly has to get really excited for, because if they do match up, I really like the matchup in Philly's favor. Um, but, uh, but yeah, or like, you know, if, if they end up playing the Clippers, you can guard Kawhi, you know, he's just, he's so versatile um, and he's been doing it all year. I know he missed some games because of injury, but uh, you know, there's no doubt that he's the defensive player in my mind this year and Gobert, you know, again, you can just always give it to, he's always going to anchor that Utah defense, but I thought uh, we just needed a change of scenery this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he he plays in the playoffs. He has definitely struggled a little more. Sorry, this is Gobert. Um, in in the playoffs, as teams you know strategize and plan to to attack him or bring him out on the perimeter, right? So if he's playing a stretch five or a stretch four, and a team goes small ball, um, we've seen him be taken out of uh, late game situations because. Um, he's kind of in the middle of nowhere because he's not quick enough to to guard in the prim, uh, on the perimeter. Um, but he, you know he lives in the paint, so it'll be interesting to see how teams attack that um, with with him kind of uh, patrolling the paint and if if they're able to um, you know find an advantage with a with a shooting bag where he has to kind of float out and kind of not be as um, effective um, as a help help defenders. So we'll, we'll see how, how, how they do in the playoffs. I think that's one of the biggest stories you got to watch out for is how Gobert is um, defending some of those uh, perimeter fives. Yeah. It's going to definitely depend on who they match up with. Like, you know, as it stands now, if they, if they end up playing say, you know, golden state in the first round, I don't think they're going to have anything to worry about, but if no. they, if they do match up against the Lakers, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where Anthony Davis has the upper hand for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of another team, like, you know, Chris Paul can definitely kill you with the pick and roll. Um, yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's, they're going to definitely going to, it's definitely going to depend on who they match up, match up with. All right, man. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you the floor for the, the MVP. I know you've been hyping up this, uh, your, 
the, the winner, I know who you're going to pick already. I know you've been uh, adding a lot of uh, commentary to to our group chat with with all the the yoga type. But you know, give me give me your runner up and give me your winner and any honorable mentions that you have in mind here. Um, I think for three quarters, I think for three quarters of the season, my runner up was going to be Joel Embiid. I think that was the narrative that everyone was pushing. Um, he's been playing outstanding for Philly. He definitely took that good to great leap. But the more I watched Philly play without Ben Simmons, the more I realized that, you know, there's a quality that MVPs have to have. And it's just the ability to will your way to a win. You know, it's, it's that quality where when, when the goings get when the going gets rough, the entire team just looks at you and you put the entire team on your shoulders and you get that dub. And we saw it throughout the entire playoffs in 2019 with Kawhi Leonard where the Raptors were just absolutely shocked, stunned, flat, and Kawhi was getting steals, rebounds, clutch mm-hmm. three-pointers, posters, you know, every time he needed it. And, you know, I, I didn't see that throughout the regular season with Embiid, um, especially when, when they needed it most. That Golden State game was, you know, I know I mentioned it in another podcast, but to see him getting double teamed by... Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney (laughs) and just not being able to dominate that game without like that game was his that game's barbecue chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But then on the flip side to see Steph Curry for two months, you know, will the Golden State Warriors um, win after win after win and get them into a position where sure they're not, you know, top of the standings in the West, but the fact that, they're going to have a, you know, the fact that they're most likely going to be the eighth seed in the West when, when Steph Curry's not playing, the Golden State Warriors are the Orlando Magic, <laughs> right? Like they have yeah. no, they have no business being in the NBA. Oh yeah. But, um, but you know, night after night, you know, what's the incentive? You know, they just want to be the eighth seed, but he's playing his ass off. He's, he's willing that team to win after win um, just so that they have a shot in the playoffs. And they're now, you know, one of the hottest teams in the NBA and, you know, if you if you look at a lot of the, the media outlets right there, everyone's hyping them up as like that team you don't want to see in the first round. And I believe it because, you know, and it all has to do with Steph Curry and is just his ability to to will Golden State, you know, to where they are now. So he's Steph Curry, you know, climbed his way into my runner up. But uh, yeah, my award goes to Jogic. Only because, you know, he hasn't missed a game all season mm-hmm. for a, for a big that's always unheard of. He's averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, and eight and a half assists. Um, he does it all, man. And I know we've talked about it so much, so I don't want to go into it any further. But uh, Jokic is my MVP for for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I have the same same notes here. Uh, I, I have Steph Curry, who is currently the um, points per game leader. Um, you know, after Bradley Beal has such a hot start, uh, Curry's now, you know, scoring 32 points on crazy efficiency. Okay. So he's shooting 48 from the field, 42 from the three, and he's shooting 13 threes a game, like crazy efficiency, crazy volume. And he's shooting 90%, 92% from the free throw line. So almost a 50, 40, 90 season on that efficiency on that type of volume is Honestly, unheard of. This is like almost 
I would say more impressive in terms of like just offensive uh, performances than his um, second MVP season where he was the unanimous MVP. Um, yeah, he, he's my runner up. And then again, Jokic um, having Murray hurt kind of, you know, three quarters away into the season. Um, they, they have an impressive record without, uh, sorry, without Jamal. And he's definitely elevated uh, Michael Porter Jr., um, you know, a lot of those guys, Monty Will or Monte Morris, uh, Aaron Gordon, um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing really well. And honestly, his numbers are crazy too. He's shooting 57% from the field, 40% from the three and 87% from the free throw line. So again, he's, he's played all, all games this season and Joel Embiid had a great season. LeBron had a great season, but they just haven't been able to play more than, you know, 50 games. And I think that's a huge part in um, who, who's getting some of these awards. So, you know, awesome to see a Serb win this award. It's going to be great for international players. And when you really think about it, man, we got Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Luka. Like the international players are crushing right now. Well, they're, they're not only – they're also like international unicorns. Like mm. these guys are – you don't see these – like – these are all generational talents that just happen to be international players in the NBA right now. Yeah, like yeah. you can't make a carbon copy of Jokic. You can't make a carbon copy of uh, Doncic. No, you, know, you can't make a no. carbon copy of uh, Gobert. Like these guys are one of ones. Um, and I, I forget what podcast I was listening to heard this from, but it's going to be interesting because Steph did this, you know, Trey Young's a byproduct of Steph Curry. You know, you see all these younger generation athletes, wanting to shoot threes. Um, Steph Curry has influenced an entire generation of basketball players that are coming up. It's going to be interesting to see what, what Jokic does and how he influences big men, because the stuff that he does, it's not sexy. You know, you don't go to a gym and work on your, you know, your passing, you don't work on your vision. That's, that's very hard stuff to teach. It requires, um, it requires programming and it, it requires like the right development. It's going to be interesting to see, um, the type of impact that Jokic's success has on youth basketball. Yeah, it, man, the, what you call it, the resurgence of the bigs, like that, the, the top three, two of the top three MVP candidates are bigs. Now, I, I really think it depends on how well they play this off or this uh, postseason. If Embiid is able to lead 76ers to a championship, then, you know, the center spot is going to be revived. If Jokic just can make a Jokic and the Nuggets can make a late run, um, then that's you know that's going to definitely help push that cause. Um, you know we we we're talking about guys who can shoot the three, you know perimeter scores and all this, and now we have these two big guys that are leading the the MVP candidacy. So it's definitely it, interesting to see. And it's interesting to see it come full circle because you know if you're if you're you know a '90s baby and you you know, this weekend is a very full, so full circle moment to anyone that grew up watching basketball in the nineties, because look who we celebrated this weekend, you know, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, two mm-hmm. of the best bigs to ever do it. Yep. You know, now we're talking about the MVP race and you can argue that there's two centers in the MVP race. Um, it's very, it's very interesting how, you know, the stars are aligning here and how this is all coming full circle. Yeah. Great point. And again, the, the, the NBA is a copycat league. So if if they see success with these big guys, you know, big guys are going to be definitely uh, uh, be spotlighted, highlighted. And, you know, the, the draft can uh, change a lot of that, too. So 
we'll see how you know the younger talent if they're big guys like chet holmgren you know like george loves chet holmgren and some of these you know unicorn bigs that are you know making a huge impact not only through youtube and whatnot but you know these guys are game changers and you know it's, it's going to be fun to see him play at gonzaga and kind of see the next generation of bigs uh come through the pipeline so yeah we'll see we'll see where this goes we'll see how how Jokic and Embiid do in the playoffs and um uh that, that's going to be a big impact for for the league moving forward yeah the last uh, thing last point i want to make about steph curry is uh just the fact that he's again as efficient as you had just mentioned um without any help really you know yeah a lot of people um a lot of people said that his success was related to the fact that he had clay thompson on the other baseline as you know as a decoy um he always had really good players around him you know he has a, he has a lack of talent. If anything, this time around, he's got Jordan Poole. He's got uh, <laughs> Toscano Anderson. Um, yeah. And, and he's doing it all himself. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Steph, Steph's having an amazing, such a fun player to watch, man. I fucking love, love watching the that only, guy play. He's the only player where when he gets hot, like I'm actually like, I'm howling. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he's Legit. on fire, you know, I'm just, yeah. If I'm watching the game of myself, I'm, I'm jumping up and down just like, if he makes two or three in a row, like I can't wait for him to get the ball and just shoot from, you know, from 35, 40 feet out. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a resurgence for like Jokic was going to get the MVP award in my eyes, no matter what, yeah. um, you know, as far as back as like halfway in the season, like, you know, there was, there was no signs of anyone taking that award from him as long as he was staying healthy and playing that way. Right. Um, but look what, look what happened. You know, he doesn't like to shoot and you know that he would rather pass. He'd rather facilitate. He'd rather sort of just orchestrate, uh, the production, right? But um, Jamal being injured forced his hand. And I thought that was a very pivotal point for him because just when you thought that, you know, who's he going to look for? Look, who's he going to, you know, who's he going to pass to? Who's he going to look for? Obviously, Michael Jun- Michael Porter Jr. Uh, is playing out of his mind and uh, has blossomed at the right time. But, you know, Jokic's shooting volume, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's gone up. You know, he's taking a lot more shots. And, um, and even if, whether he likes it or not, he has to, and he's doing it for the betterment of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's not much more we can say. This guy is legit an MVP. Um, you know, the first all NBA team for the, you know, up for the foreseeable future and the, 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 the definitely face of the bigs for the NBA for, for years to come. Um, and with that note, let's jump into our all NBA team. Um, again, this has been a super weird year. Many guys that have been staples on, um, and, you know, just guys that have cemented themselves first, second, third team. A lot of these guys aren't even a part of, of the top 15 this year, just probably because of games missed or depending on how their team performed this season. So this list of the 15 best players in the league is drastic different than what we saw in the previous years and what it's probably going to look like next year. Right. So I, I, let's start with the first team and then go all the way down to third team. And then we kind of kind of quickly talk about the stubs. So how would I give you my first uh, teams here? So I picked two guards, two forwards at a center. And I know this year is a little different. I know Joel Embiid and Jokic have been classified as forwards and centers. Which makes, so, which makes no sense, by the way. I think what the NBA is leaning towards is going positionless, but I just think that they should just do that because yeah. I did this. I, I used their little wrinkle a couple for a couple of players, 
And I didn't like doing it. Like Joel, Joel Embiid hasn't played a minute as a power forward. Uh, Luka Doncic is not a forward. He's the point guard of the Dallas Mavericks. He's, you know, he's up there in height. So he guards forwards. He's a bigger yeah. guy, but that doesn't make him a forward. But I yeah. took advantage of it. But I think the NBA has got to do a better job and just make it positionless, which I think is the way to go anyways. Yeah, it's, it's always been the way to go because we've always had guys that were centers like Joachim Noah, be a first team All-NBA player. Same with DeAndre Jordan, when they're definitely not even a top 10 player, but it's just, you know, the league was struggling with, with uh, the center spot for so long. And those guys were just default best centers for, you know, contending teams. So they, they got that award. So, um, so why don't, uh, why don't we, um, are you just going to list yours? I'll list mine and then we'll go down the order. Yeah, let's just do that. And if there's any, uh, you know, differences or, um, you know, whatever you, we can, we can call it out, but for, for my two guard spots, I got Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Um, and then two forward spots, Giannis and Embiid. Honestly, I would have, put Embiid on the second team as a center, but he just had such a great year. And with the way that the NBA kind of structured this um, voting for this year, I put him at four just so he can be on the first team, all NBA, and then MVP, uh, best player in the league, best player in the world right now, Nikola Jokic, center spot. Yeah, that's my top five. Uh, I went uh, Curry, CP3, and then I took advantage of this stupid rule. I went Doncic, Jokic, and Giannis, I, we didn't, we haven't talked about Giannis once in this hour long podcast. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Giannis. He's, he's having a very similar season to last year. Um, it's really funny how this narrative has just like spun out of his favor. Um, but I think that he needs to be recognized because the guy's playing out of his mind. He's playing no differently than last year, if not no. better. Um, I think his biggest Achilles heel still remains, you know, you can sag off of him. And uh, I forget what game I watched. I think it was Brooklyn and they literally were playing him in the paint and he was just shooting jump shots, like as if he was practicing in an open gym. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that for the playoffs. That's the way teams are going to play him. I think he needs like a dribble pull up or um, yeah, I think he just needs like a mid range jumper in order for players to start respecting him more. Yeah. Uh, but he's still playing really well this season. So I, I, I made him a first team all-star. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I like that Chris Paul. First, first team uh, choice too. Um, I was going to take Doncic out actually, just because because um, I liked Chris Paul and I was considering for that spot too. But I think Doncic has such a you know great end to the season so far. So uh, I have him as a first team. And again, Giannis, man, I have I'm not gonna you know try to jinx anything, but the Bucks and the Clippers, legit. I'm not sure what the odds are on that. I want you to check for me if you can and see, you know, how much I can get paid if I put a hundred bucks on either team, because the bucks are honestly like my dark horse, not even dark horse, but my favorite out of the teams that haven't been really mentioned. And I really like what they, what they bring. And I love the addition of Drew holiday. I think again, this is another year another belt, but it's just going to be able to, you know, just make better adjustments. And I hope he, you know, he doesn't get scrutinized this, this playoffs, but they're going to have a, you know, tough first, first rounder if they have to play the heat. And then if they got to play fucking Brooklyn, um, yeah, it's gonna, they're, they're going to go through the gauntlet, but I think they have a good, really good chance of, uh, of coming out of the, the East uh, just because of how good they are defensively. All right. So yeah, enough about that. Second team, uh, my choices for the God position, Chris Paul, obviously changing that whole Suns team uh, top to bottom uh, Dame Lillard, 
had kind of a, you know, a lull in the, the you know, the third quarter of the season there. He, uh, he struggled a little bit, but uh, Portland's, I think, 10, 10 and one in the last 11 games or so. So he's, he's definitely gotten them into the sixth seed. He's playing really well this year. And then for the four positions, I have Julius Randle uh, and Kawhi Leonard. Again, Kawhi Leonard, very similar to Giannis, kind of kept, kept it quiet. The fourth seed in the, in the West, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you know, missing games here and there, but this guy is just an efficiency monster clutch player. Um, and yeah, I think the Clippers are going to go far as well. And then I have for the second center spot, I got Rudy Gobert and, you know, we've talked about Rudy enough, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I went, uh, I went Damian Lillard. I went Jimmy Butler. I went Jimmy Butler for that, uh, that second guard spot. Uh, Miami has low key, uh, made a surge. They're, they're, they're getting hot at the wrong time or at the wrong time. If you have to play them in the first round, yeah. I feel like the bucks are going to land them. And <laughs> I honestly think there's major, major, major upset potential. Jimmy Butler is playing, um, better basketball than he was last year when he was getting a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, I put Ju- Julius Randall in there for obvious reasons, Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid. Okay. Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, yeah, I had, I had Butler, you know, like kind of right on the fence there he's he's only played 52 games so that's the only knock on him but he's having the best offensive season for himself and again he's probably one of the best two-way players um in the entire nba so um for my third team i actually have him uh, in one of the four spots so i gave it to donovan mitchell devin booker again those two guys two young players on the two best teams in the nba i just have to give it to guys on winning teams Again, forward spot, I gave it to Jimmy Butler. This one's a little controversial just because of his team's record, but um, I gave the other forward spot to Zion. Just historically as a second-year player, his efficiency is, you know, off the roof. He's such an exciting player. And, you know, he scored 27 points on 61% field goal percentage, so the highest points per game for anyone who's ever shot that high of a percentage. Um, So... Just, just a tank, just, just a powerful force in the NBA. And you know, he played sixty-one games this year, so he's able to stay healthy. I know he had a broke what he like to, like broke his wrist or something, or broke his finger or something um, to end the season. So, um, if he didn't miss any of the seasons, I don't think there's any question that he deserves to be thirteen. But he's probably the guy that um, is on the fence there. And then my center spot is Bam Adebayo. Again, he's again. His stats across the board are all the, all the way up. Um, the Heat, again, they they dealt with some injuries, dealt with COVID. They're, they're definitely better than what their, their record indicates. Uh, but I, I gave it to Bam there. And just based off of that, some of my snubs, when you really think about some of the players who've missed some time uh, and are, you know, consistently on one of these teams um, throughout the years, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, um, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, who else? Bradley Beal, Westbrook, Paul George. Yeah, all those guys. You could just make an all-NBA team with those guys right there. So, yeah, um, I know you got to wrap things up, but what are what's your what's your third team there? And we could just fin- uh, quickly finish off here. I went uh, Beal, Mitchell, LeBron, Zion, Gobert. Nice. I like those. Yeah, I like I like that you have Zion there again. This team's 31 and 40. Uh, not the best record, but what an outstanding young player to, to watch out for. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that we had to uh, snub such marquee talent, but games played, man. And, you know, for Tatum, you know, there's about $30 million on the line for him to not be a part of this, uh, not be a part of this um, all NBA team. And, you know, I, I've heard, you know, I was listening to Brian Windhorse's podcast and, you know, he was, you know, he was saying, oh, you know, I feel bad. I, I'm going to include him because but I don't, you got to think about this award very objectively. And I think that if you're starting to listen to uh, decision makers, um, you know, express their frustration with, you know, feeling bad for leaving a guy like Tatum out because of the money that he's missing out on. I feel like those guys shouldn't have votes because um, you got to, you got to be able to vote objectively. And I think that the players that we mentioned are just playing the best basketball this season. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they've been able to play the most games out of, out of the, out of that list. So um, just got to give it to guys who are consistently on the floor and uh, being a part of a, a winning culture for all their teams. All right. So I know you got, I got a call in in a few minutes, so let's let's wrap it up. Um, you know, again, last game of the regular season. Looking forward to the play-in tournaments. Looking forward to the playoffs. So we'll we'll be back on uh, this Friday to give you guys kind of our thoughts on the playoff matches or playoff matchups and kind of um, uh, in-depth analysis on what our thoughts and predictions for for those um, for the first first rounds of the the playoffs. So um, any last words, Nav? No, man, just enjoy the weekend. I just looked at my phone real quick. I guess Jay Cole scored his first basket with the uh, with the Rwanda team. It's on uh, it's on Bleacher Report. Cool. Uh, no, I'm going to go home. I'm going to um, I'm going to watch and listen to the speeches from last night. I haven't done that yet. Um, just take in take in the moment for Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant. Again, just those were our heroes growing up, right? So um, it's a it's a great moment and a very full circle moment for us. Anyone that was watching basketball in the '90s. Um, Lastly, yeah, just looking forward to Friday. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be one game in through the play-in tournament. Um, just rooting for Portland tonight, man. I'm just rooting yeah. for Portland tonight. They got to beat the Nuggets. We got to see LeBron and AD in that play-in tournament with the back yeah. against their wall. Um, yeah, just it's exciting times if you're if you're a basketball fan. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, enjoy enjoy your Sunday, man, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, man. Thanks for right. good talking. Yeah, peace. Bye.